Holly G with the Golf Insiders with our favorite insider, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Uh, Bob, big victory for Michael Thompson on Sunday at the 3M Open in Minnesota. Boy, it was a bit of a dogfight coming down the last few holes there. Uh, Adam Long on uh, on his heels and Charles Howe III, Mr. Steady Eddie, uh, coming in there with a 65 ties for third at 16 under. And um, got to say I was disappointed in my my pick, Tony Finau. He shot, you know, 65, 66, 69, 68, but uh, wasn't good enough. I think he's probably getting a bad taste in his mouth for these second and third place finishes. What do you see? Yeah, Tony Finau, he had the line, you know, there's no trophy for second or third, and he's he's been struggling to break through and get that next win. It, it's kind of surprising. I mean, it's just hard to believe a guy of that ability and who's up there all the time and ranked as high as he is in the world, you know, top 15 player, and he can't, he can't win. He can't break through and win. And you know, a guy like Michael Thompson hasn't won in seven years beats him. You know, so it's um, crazy game. Uh, uh, and, and, I, and I'm sure he's frustrated because he, he should have a few wins by now. And uh, more than a few. Absolutely. And and, he, and he's just not been able to do it. And, uh, you know, those other guys are nowhere near his level. You know, but it just shows, you know, obviously guys have great weeks and they win tournaments and they beat higher-ranked players. But, you know, he, it was sort of set up for him there. You know, he had the great start. He was, you know, within a couple shots start the final round. And it's like you said, it's not like he played a bad final round. But, um Unfortunately for him, it was a golf course where you really had to make a lot of birdies, and uh, he wasn't able to make enough. There were some birdies being made on Sunday. Boy, a couple of 64s, a couple of 65s. There was a log jam at uh, tie for third. Nine players, just three off uh, <laughs> off the win there. Um, you know, when we talk about how deep this this tour goes, it's that's a good example what we watched on Sunday. Question. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Usually, it separates a little bit more than that. Immediately, it spreads out, you know. But to, to you know, basically, to have the top ten within three shots is um, that's unusual. So, um, just happened to be a golf course that yielded that sort of scoring, and and obviously, it was a bit of a relief to these guys after the ones who had played at the Memorial, where it was so tough. So, um, yeah, they they. Uh, they got to have a go at it, which I'm sure they enjoyed. Well, we had breaking news yesterday. I don't know if it's news. I think probably a lot of us assumed this. But there will be no fans allowed at the U.S. Open uh, in September. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I guess I can't say I'm surprised. Um, you know, they had been holding out hope that they could have a few thousand. Uh, but given our the state of where things are right now and you know it's like we've said before about masters or some of these sporting events i think the only way you can do it is to have the ability to test everyone you know you're taking a huge chance if you don't do that how do you separate people in a golf tournament you know and, and even even with testing it's not foolproof you know but um 
if uh, if you could somehow test everybody the day before that they were to come in, um, there were rapid uh, rapid response, rapid result tests, which there are. They just need way more of them. Um, you know, the kind that you could do from home or the kind that you just do quickly. That's the way forward. You know, for for sports, I think you you, you test and then you. And then you do your best you can to space until until we get beyond this. But uh, I think they felt like they were running out of time. I mean, you know, we're we're kind of make six seven weeks away, and if you're going to have fans, you've got to build things out, do it different. And if if it doesn't look like you can do it, you've got to you've got to draw a line in the sand and decide. And they they made that call. Well, speaking of drawing a line in the sand. Tiger Woods not playing in the WGC, the FedEx St. Jude Invitational this week. Uh, you wrote a piece on it, uh, was it yesterday, on ESPN.com? That's correct, yep, I sure did. Yeah, I sort of kind of tried to poke around at, at the reasons for and the reasons against, you know, and... I don't think it's a great sign that he didn't feel comfortable playing this week. Um, Because he's played the week before the PGA eight times, going back to when they moved the the World Golf event to the week before the PGA. Now, of course, that was at Firestone, and he loved the course, and he won there a lot. Um, But he's also supported the WGCs for for the most part throughout his career. He's won 18 of them. He skipped a couple of match plays over the years, but pretty much, you know, he's he's played the event, the WGCs when healthy, and the fact that he decided to skip this one, you know, I think it just is a little concerning. I mean, I think it says he's not completely confident that he can make it through eight rounds over two weeks and feel good, and and you know, I look, I can also say that you know, playing in ninety-five degree heat with thunderstorms on a completely different style of golf course that he's never seen, you know, might not be the way he wants to prepare for the PGA Championship in 65, 70-degree temperatures yep. in Northern California. Yeah, I get you it. You know, so I, I give him that. But then if that's the case, then he should have added an event before the Memorial. You know, to go there with only four rounds, I mean, it's very, very rare over his career where he's played this little going into a major. You know, one one week out of eight leading into a major. Um, you know, in 2015, I noted in there that he went nine weeks between withdrawing from Torrey Pines and playing the Masters. That's when he had a lot of issues with the chipping and, you know, his back, and he decided to get away from it, and we set. You know, but, like, he didn't want to do it that way. That's not how he wanted to prepare. And... Uh, uh, you know, he just felt like he was forced to. You know, he's had other times, obviously, when there's been long gaps before a major, but it was more due to, you know, obviously, the U.S. Open that year, which had the bad leg, still won the Masters in 2010 after the scandal. Um, but if, if you could control it, wouldn't you want to play before, before the PGA? And he, the fact that he didn't is sort of, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of it. I, it's hard for me to see him being sharp enough to contend next week. 
Well, uh, it, it could all be dependent on the weather, as, as, we, as we know, right? Watching Tiger, um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a flip of the coin, and that has a no large, large factor bearing on it. Um, well, I find it interesting that some of our friends are already uh, talking about the Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka slump, Bob. DJ in a slump? Come on, a couple of weeks after winning the Travelers? Boy, we are a little uh, cynical bunch, aren't we? Yeah, I, I, I tend to, to not have as much issue with Dustin Johnson. Yeah, it's been three bad rounds, but, you know, last week he, he made a nine on a hole. It, it's going to be pretty hard to, to not shoot a high number doing that. And, uh, you know, shot 78, and, and you know, I think his give a you know what meter probably kind of slumped down pretty low um, when he wasn't playing that well and decided you know I'll cut my losses and get out of here. Kepka's another deal. You know he's just been struggling all year. He's had one decent finish in the comeback that was a top ten at, at Harbor Town, finished seventh, and and thought he had turned the corner. You know he was actually in contention the final round. But since then, you know, it's it's been more the same. He's just, you know, he's not missed a cut at that at the first uh, Columbus tournament. He was way back. He finished, you know, behind Tiger at the the Memorial. Um, missed the cut last last week uh, again. And is it true and, he had an MRI on his knee recently? Yeah, he had an MRI on his knee, the one that's been giving him trouble. There's some question as to whether or not he needs surgery. You know, he, he's He's trying to not use that as an excuse. He's saying it's not an excuse, but he also says it's been bothering him. I mean, so, you know, look, how could it not be an issue? I mean, you know, having a, <laughs> having a strong knee and having no pain is, is part, of, part of playing well, you know. And I appreciate that he doesn't want to use it as an excuse, but it seems to be a pretty good one. You know, if you're not transferring the weight properly, if your swing is off because your knee hurts, um, you know, that's real. That's, uh, that's, that's certainly understandable. So, I mean, as it is right now, he won't even qualify for the playoffs. He's like, it's like 150th in points. Wow. You know, you really need to do something here these next two weeks just to get to the Northern Trust. Uh, it's crazy, but, um, you know, that's, that's where he sits right now. Yeah. I think all of our inner time clocks are, it are stuck back in April, early April, and here we are in August, and we are barreling down to the to the Tour Championship. It's uh, very very strange. Yep. So um, yep. we I'm curious too. We've got Bryson back in this week. Justin Thomas, Webb Simpson. Uh, pretty you know pretty stout field. Rory's back in, and then a few international players not willing to travel. Lee Westwood uh, speaking out pretty loudly about that. Yeah, what does that say? He doesn't trust uh, trust America, basically. Ugh. You know, and look, there's other reasons. I mean, he he said there were other reasons. It's unfair to just make it about that, but he did say it. Yeah, he sure did. He said, you know, I don't think America's taking the virus very seriously. He said, Not going to win him a right lot of fans up. over here at his next tournament. Yeah, I mean, you know, the truth hurts, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, I. I think that 
there's a reason we're in the predicament we're in, and I know that people push back. Well, look at their death rate in the UK, and it's higher than ours per capita, and that's true. It's very true. I mean, you know, you could you could paint another picture, but the the bottom line is is that their their numbers are way down now compared to ours in terms of people having the virus and people contracting it. Ours are at a level where it's you know it's it's more contagious. The the, the uh, the chances of getting it are greater because more people have it. So, um, you know, not comfortable. He talked about a 12-hour flight, not feeling great about that. He also said he felt a little disconnected playing that event last week, the one that he actually hosted in England, you know, the British Masters. And, and um, you know, he said it's hard. It's, it's a hard time right now. He said, I found myself, you know, kind of, having motivation issues. He said, you get part of coming out here to me, you know, to him is the camaraderie, seeing people that he knows, you know, enjoying some banter. And it's, that's very hard to do right now. And he even said, he goes, I've, I've never seen so many people on the range at eight o'clock at night because they didn't want to go back to their hotel room, you know? And, uh, so, you know, he's played for a long time. He's 47 years old. I think he feels like, you know, I'm just not going to put myself through that. And uh, it's understandable. Well, uh, we've got the Champions Tour starting up this Friday, Bob. And um, speaking of some guys creeping near 50, we've got some uh, players debuting, the likes of Jim Furyk, who is uh, probably licking his chops to get his first Champions Tour event in. Uh, just give me your thoughts real quick on um, what, what we're going to see here with some of these players now turning 50. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see them, you know, support it. Furyk's been one who it sounds like he's going to support it. Ernie Ells is supporting it. Um, it, it sounds like Davis Love is going to play some more on the Champions Tour. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's good. I mean, why not? Why beat yourself up? Um, if you feel like, you know, and Furyk has been competitive on the regular tour. So, you know, he'll be in the PGA Championship next week. So will Davis because he's won it. But, um, you know, I think it's good if they pick their spots. I also saw where they're going to have a pro-am. You know, there's been no pro-ams on the regular tour. There's going to be a pro-am. Very curious to see how that, how that works out. Can that be done properly? Can people feel confident in that? Obviously, that's a huge lifeblood of that tour. You know, absolutely. That's that's the big, big selling point of the Champions Tour is the pro am, and without them, it's very, very hard for them to make it. So, um, you know, fingers crossed that that works and there's a plan that can that can be safely followed. And you know, I'm a little surprised that hasn't happened on the PGA Tour. I thought that was more viable than spectators. You know, golfers can still uh, distance. Yes. You know. Yes. And um, especially if you were to put them in a golf cart, it's pretty easy. But, um, you know, we'll see. It's, it's a step-by-step process here. And, and uh, you know, I think the tour is looking at things like, we've done pretty well so far. Let's not, let's not rock this too much. Let's, let's try to get through this season and then assess. Well, he has good reason to. Uh, so far, he's um, he's looking like a rock star in terms of how he's managed this, his leadership, and um, you know the few amount of cases, especially as we look at um, some of the other sports right now. So we're, uh, we're we're glad to have golf being the beacon and and moving forward. 
So um, we got a big, big tournament this weekend. Who, uh, Bob, look in your crystal ball. I'm going to ask you two things. Who do you think really needs a win right now? And, you know, who's just your gut pick? Yeah, yeah, I was way off last week, unfortunately. But, uh, I mean, seriously, I still think Tony Finau is a guy who really needs a win. You know? I mean, he really needs to he needs to get that win and get this over with. You know, there's that whole Puerto Rico Open curse. Like, yes. nobody who's ever won that tournament has won another tournament. That's crazy. And, and uh, uh, or, you know, has won another tournament after that. And... And Fino is obviously way at a level above that, and it's got to be gnawing at him a little bit. So, in his case, that he's the one who needs a win. I kind of like JT this week. He's got bones catting for him this week and next week. I guess Jimmy Johnson's still not feeling well after you kind of got. I guess he got sick. I thought it was heat exhaustion at the memorial. I'm not sure what's what the deal is. If it's uh, uh, if it's something more than that or what, but uh, he apparently Bones, Jim McKay, Phil's old caddy is going to caddy for him the next two weeks. He's caddied for him before in Hawaii. He cad- he just caddied for uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick for two weeks at the at Memorial, or at the Muirfield Village, and they finished uh, third at the Memorial. So, uh, you know, I kind of like the karma there. I I do. I, I agree with that one. Well, it's going to be a great, uh, great tournament. Uh, St. Jude's, we love St. Jude's in Memphis, Tennessee, beginning uh, tomorrow. Bob, as always, we thank you so much for your time. Bob Herrig from ESPN, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> ESPN.com. Stay well and can't wait to talk to you next week out at Harding Park in San Francisco. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Safe trip, my friend. Bye-bye.